All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, presented by The Nation Network. Subscribe for free on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Thank you very much, Lisa. Welcome to Oilers Nation Radio, episode 82. I am your friendly neighborhood bag milk. Of course, Tyler Uremchuk here, Nation Dan and Rick. We are going to chat a little bit about the Oilers, about hockey, and about life over the next hour. Just be entertained as you head into the weekend. Um, but first, of course... We have to kind of start off on a uh, a sad tone this week. Last week on the podcast, we were talking about Colby Cave. Of course, we were sending out our best wishes to him and his family as he was battling a, a, a brain bleed caused by a colloid cyst. And on Saturday morning, unfortunately, he lost his battle, uh, passed away. And the hockey world was really rattled by it, really shocked by it. And I just wanted to start off by saying, sending condolences to Emily Cave, the Cave family, all their friends and family. Um, it has been nice to see some of the support. North Battleford apparently had 15 kilometers worth of cars lining the streets there as a, uh, as a showing of support for them. There is a, a, a memorial tribute outside of Rogers Place that's been growing with flowers and pictures and all kinds of things going on right now. Obviously, guys... Um, not a whole lot to say other than just being completely devastated by how this played out, right? Yeah, it was, it was awful to see. It sucks to have a, a you know, a 25-year-old at any time passing away sucks. Um, it's only, you know, magnified, I think, by the fact that we're we're sitting here in a pause with the NHL and 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 also, you know, Bag Milk, you and I had a phone call that day, I think, and talked about how we just don't see this very often with Pro athletes, pro athletes are kind of invincible. Um, I think in a lot of people's eyes, and 
And uh, so, so when you see something sudden like this, not self-inflicted, not, you know, not from the game or anything, it's just, it's all weird. Well, and I, I said this on real life on Monday, right, Tyler, it's just kind of like, it's so disappointing on so many levels. There's the loss of potential for a young man that had a career ahead of him, newly married. Um, they were making plans as husband and wife. Obviously, if you read the feedback from his former teammates and current teammates and people that played with him and knew him along the way, he just seemed like a really stand-up guy. Um, so it's heartbreaking. Yeah, it's heartbreaking and like, it makes you kind of reflect on your own life a little bit in the sense that, you know, he was 25 years old, young, completely healthy. I mean, you could say that athletes get more medical testing and more medical observation done than 99% of society, right? So, like, this just out of the blue happened to him, and it makes you kind of look at your own life and be like, you know what? Like, it, it sounds cliche, but it's true when you hear something like this. Like, you know, cherish every day, you know? Tell your loved ones that you love them and that kind of stuff because you in a blink it changes, right? I was just, you know, I, I've been following along with Emily Cave on Instagram, and it's just it's devastating to see her processing the news. Obviously, as a as a newlywed, they got married less than a year ago, and just how it went from um, Colby talking about having some problems with headaches to a few days later he was in the intensive care unit. So. Um, obviously devastating for everybody in the hockey world, everybody that knew Colby Cave on a personal level, and just anybody um, that has been watching this story as it unfolds over the past week. So from all of us, I just want to give our best thoughts and wishes and, you know, um, positive vibes as much as that means nothing really to Colby Cave, his family, his wife, his friends, his teammates, everybody. Cause I know that they're going through a hard time right now and it's tough, man. It really sucks. Hate, uh, hate to have to give this update a week after last week. You know what I mean? Um, as hard as it is to move away, just to transition away. Um, I did want to, to go, go into some good news, um, or a positive, I guess, where, this came out yesterday that Wayne Gretzky and Alex Ovechkin will be going head to head the best of three tournament in EA in uh, NHL 20, I should say, to raise some money for local charities, local food banks, um, which is obviously a great cause, a great thing to see. Um, obviously, they've been talking a lot about those two players over the past year. Ovi's chasing the all-time goal record. They seem to have a little bit of a bromance going. What do you guys think about the connection? between Gretzky and Ovechkin that's come out that's been coming out over the last couple of weeks, months, year, etc. I, I think it's really cool and it's fascinating from a few angles. One, Wayne Gretzky in an interview with uh, Pierre Lebrun like 10 days ago mentioned how he is a 17 and a 19 year old living at home with him right now. So I think he might have some underrated video game skills here. Like I know Ovi games a little, but I think it, uh, I think it could be closer than people expect. And also the interaction part of this is uh, really what piques my interest because you get Ovechkin, who's usually pretty out there, you know, not afraid to uh, have a little bit of fun. And then there's Wayne Gretzky, who, when it comes to facing the media and being out in public, he's generally more mild-mannered and reserved. But the two of them, for an hour now, just kind of having some fun and letting loose, I think the dynamic between these two is going to be fascinating. You know Wayne's going to have a bit of a wild side on him. I know, but you never up. really see it in public. Oh, I know. So this is, you, get, you need a guy like Ovi to sit there who's going to kind of bring it out of him as, you know, through, through over the whole time that it, it lasts. 
uh, you know, being there with the 80s Oilers, he's been around, seen some stuff. He's going to have a couple of good stories for us. I'm a, I'm a little, I'd be really impressed to see if he can, uh, if he can play the games though. I don't know if the, uh, if he's going to get much time on the controllers over at his place. Well, that's what I was wondering. So obviously the cause is great. They're raising money for money and awareness to the local food banks. Appreciate that as a gesture. But I was also wondering how many vids does Wayne actually play? Because according to an article in the Washington post, this whole concept idea was spawned from uh, Gretzky seeing a video of Ovi and his son playing video games. So I know he's got a couple of the boys at home right now, Wayne that is, but do you think he's making them go all in on some Chell 20 for the next week or so until this goes down? I think what's going to happen is Gretzky's going to be on the microphone with a controller in his hand, but he's not playing. He's got one of the kids playing for him. Smart smart move, you know, it's a baller move. Obviously, you're you're coming to watch Wayne Gretzky, and uh, he just gets to do all the trash talk. Meanwhile, this 19-year-old kid just pumps Ovechkin for him. I don't, if there's cameras on him, you can't really fake that, though. No. Oh, yeah, definitely. With the tape delay, there's not, like, there's not going to be anybody breaking it down. They're going to be listening to what Gretzky's talking about, right, and what Ovi is talking about. So they, so he's just gonna have the, he's gonna have a controller at, below the screen anyways. You're just gonna see him moving. I don't Kristen's know. over on the side, just playing yeah. for him. I'm calling it out. I'm saying it right now, and that's, I, I love it. It's a goat move. Or, yeah. or like they just have him with a controller in his hand, and he's moving buttons around, but yeah. that controller is not attached to anything. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, yeah, exactly. That's it. And it's, the old little know, brother move. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. The little brother you've move. The, you've got the kids there to do it. Why not? Right. And there are a lot of questions too. Like, are they? Will Gretzky be playing as the Oilers? Obviously, you would expect Ovi to be playing as the Caps. Oh, Gretzky so, will definitely be in the Oilers. So, Oilers versus Capitals in the online world. Do they like Gretzky uh, on the Oilers? Well, that's what I also want to know, and I also want to know if they adjust the sliders to make it more realistic. Because if you look at the lineups, as we've seen in all our sim games going into the playoffs here on OilersNation.com. Sometimes the teams set up by EA leading into the season aren't actually how they play out months later when things get going. Well, they do have some roster updates throughout the year, so it does catch up a bit. And they don't really get the uh, player attributes up enough in the year, I don't think. But there's got to be somebody over there that knows what they're doing. They're going to create a Gretzky character so he gets to play. You know, There'll be no line changes, so he can just put together his line. And, oh, we, like, and do they get... They're, do they get their pick of players, or do you have to use today's team? Yeah, I'd assume like, does Gretzky get to be does Gretzky be you know is he center and then uh, Leon's on the right and Connor on the left? Because um, Gretzky's in the game, right? They have like legends in there, so it wouldn't be that hard to get Wayne on the team. My question sure. is piggybacking off you there, Rick. So you don't break up Nugent Hopkins, Yamamoto, and Drysital. Do you go Gretzky <laughs> and McDavid on one line? Or do you try to really spread out the scoring? Are we doing line changes, though? 100%. I think they're just going to play NHL 20 like it's just a normal game between two buddies. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Then, yeah, you you got to split the lines there a little bit. Yeah, you're going to have to change the lines because you can't have Gretzky and Connor on the same line. That's too many passes. It's too many passes. We need a shooter up there. Put James Neal on that line, though. Connor on the left, (laughs) Neal on the right. Hammer and one-timers. It's just like, James Neal, put your fucking stick on the ice because you are getting one-timer opportunities from everywhere. Could you imagine if it's Torelli, though? You'd have, uh, you'd be forcing, you'd forcing McClellan to have uh, Lucho there for him. <laughs> Someone's got to watch out for these guys. 
<laughs> old Spooner up on the first line. Yeah. Well, this game is going on on April 22nd. Best of three, NHL 20. Again, they're raising a little bit of money and awareness for some charities, which is great. Edmonton Food Bank here in the city of Champions. And in Washington, they will be helping out feeding the Frontlines Fund, which uh, which provides meals for those in need and less fortunate. And I, I don't know. I just I really like this little unlikely bromance that we've seen building between Gretzky and Ovechkin. In that same article I was referencing in the Washington Post, uh, Ovi was asked about their relationship. And um, you just had nothing but glowing things to say about Gretzky. He says, and to quote, we have a very good connection. We always stay in touch. It doesn't matter if there's a milestone coming up. He's always reaching out to me and saying, congratulations. For my 700 goal, I was a little bit down and he texted me saying, don't worry about it. It's going to come. It was very nice of him. He's a great person. And to have a relationship like that with the great one means the world to me. It's nice. It's great. Very hard none of that's surprise. None of it's none of it's surprising. You kind of see, you kind of expect that other guy like Gretzky. Well, if we're going to do some predictions, this game is coming up on the twenty second. We are recording this on April seventeenth. What are you expecting? Best of three, Gretzky versus Ovi. We don't know which Gretzky will be manning the controller, but there will be one. Best of three, Gretzky versus Ovi. What are you guys thinking, Tyler? Uh, I'm going to give that to Ovi, but I'm going to say it's going to go a third game. I think Wayner will pull one out. And yes, it'll actually be him playing. Ove- or, no, Gretzky's winning this. It's going to be uh, it's gonna Gretzky, go to three. Gretzky 2-1, sure, exactly. Gretzky, Gretzky is going to win it with, uh, with Ty taking over at the, uh, <laughs> at the end of the <laughs> After Ovechkin wins game one. Rick? Yeah, definitely Gretzky. He's going to win it 2-1. There's no way he would allow himself to win it 2-0. And uh, yeah, he's uh, he's gonna take it. Unfortunately, I gotta go with my uh, my boy Tyler. I think Ovi's just got the more bats in. I think that uh, playing Chell's not easy, especially like I don't again. I don't know how often Wayne has, plays it, but then you never know, right? Maybe he's got time on his hands. We've already. Uh, what does what does Ovi do when uh, he's got El Presidente on the ice with him? He's not scoring all the goals. <laughs> he's 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 giving way to the uh, to the upper echelon fella. So. He'll give Gretzky this one, just like he gave old Putin. <laughs> well, that's a that's a hell of a comparison there, and <laughs> one that I'm sure uh, Wayne would be happy to hear. But uh, <laughs> I want to go ahead and also give a shout out to our friends at Sherwood uh, Sherwood Ford out in beautiful Sherwood Park, Alberta. If you need anything in support of your own Ford vehicle, give them a call go to uh, SherwoodFord.ca on Twitter. They are at SherwoodFord. And on Instagram, they are at SherwoodFord underscore the giant. They are there to help. They are there with service. They are there with everything you need in terms of questions, maintaining your vehicle, getting through this difficult time. Our friends at SherwoodFord, the giant, are there to help you. Gentlemen, tomorrow is a very, very important day in Edmonton Oilers history, and I want to talk about it. I want to take a trip down memory lane because, like I said, the Connor McDavid lottery win, which now is five years ago tomorrow. Obviously one of the biggest days for Oilers fans everywhere. I just want to do a quick walkthrough of where everybody was at, what you remember from the day, what you remember leading into the lottery, and just everything in the moments after the golden ticket was revealed. Tyler, you uh, five years ago, you were a young 12-year-old boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What do you remember about Lottery Day? 
Um, so actually, because me and Connor are uh, are the same age, that was my last year of midget hockey because so, I was 18 years old. Um, so I was with my buddies and our season had just ended like the night before or whatever. So we had a party that night and we were all hanging out at my uh, my buddy, one of my friends that lives on an acreage. And uh, we were just, you know, hanging out in the basement, waiting for the draft lottery. And I was always, I was the big conspiracy guy leading up to it. I was like, he's going to Arizona or he's going to Toronto because the league <laughs> either wants him in the biggest market or the shittiest market that needs help. Like there, there's no way he's coming to Edmonton. And then halfway through the day, I started like bugging one of my friends. I was like, you know, we're getting him, right? He's coming here. I think they're going to win. I think they're going to win. But I mean, I wasn't doing it to predict anything. I was just kind of doing it to like get a rise out of my friend. And then uh, lo and behold, they flipped the card. And I just remember like me and all my teammates sitting there in front of the TV, just going like absolutely fucking bananas. It was unbelievable, <laughs> man. It was unreal. It was literally Rick, like they won the Stanley Cup. That's what the reaction was like. I mean, like, if, if you ever want, if you're listening to this right now and you want to relive the moments, just go on YouTube and look at some of the reaction videos from that day because from Leafs fans losing their minds that he was coming to Edmonton to Oilers fans losing their minds because he was coming to Edmonton, there is a wide range and there's something in there for everybody. Rick, where were you on April 18, 2015? It's funny. Normally, we'd throw some sort of party for this, right? It's kind of just like our little sure. playoff thing. We'd do whatever to do, you know, just show up for all the other fans one last time before the season was out. But uh, this year, we didn't. I didn't even want to do that. I didn't think we had any chance. There was. I really put nothing into it. As a what was it? A Friday or Saturday night? Friday night. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Well, I know I had to work that night probably, and I was sitting at home and flipped it on and. Lo and behold, that, that that golden ticket came out, and I don't think I moved or blinked for a, a good hour. I think I just uh, had the world's largest smile and this maniacal type of laugh going on. Uh, probably grabbed my phone and started firing out a bunch of texts. Uh, whether, whether I could get actual words out or not, you're just, I don't know, man. It was, you, you didn't expect, you really didn't expect it. You really, really didn't expect it. And it was, I don't know. It's tough to explain. It was it was crazy. Nation Dan. It was okay. First of all, I can't wait until we're talking about our experience the first time that Connor McDavid wins the Stanley Cup as an Edmonton Oiler. Um, this but, this November. Yeah, exactly. But uh, <laughs> but the 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 moment for me was 100 percent the same thing. Like I was I was working um, stats job and hadn't paid like hadn't even like looked to see when the broadcast was on. And then I just happened to get a, a text from TSN, the TSN app that said that the Edmonton Oilers will select Connor McDavid. <laughs> and, uh, and Bag Milk has gone full robot. Oh, that's right. Um, <laughs> Taking a little screenshot here, boys. There you go. Um, but uh, the, um, yeah, so they, they, I got the notification, tossed my phone in the air. My ex-girlfriend uh, thought that somebody had died in my family because uh, I because I couldn't I couldn't express what I was feeling or or how like what emotions were going through my head. Um, and I finally just said it. We we got Connor, and that was it. So that's it's it's a special moment I think for other fans, and it's definitely one of those like happy where were you moments. For me, I remember being at Nation HQ. And we were all just kind of shooting shit around the office. Yeah, lottery tomorrow. Like, I can't believe all the first overall picks we've got. 
but the one you actually want is this one right now. There's no way. We've only got an 11.5% chance. Okay, well, that sucks, but it is what it is, right? So, so you were looking at other players. I didn't even want to think about this kid. Yeah, yeah. So that's exactly what I was doing. I remember looking at Noah Hannafin. I remember looking at Dylan Strom. I remember looking at Mitch Marner. Um, I remember there was people uh, in, in the local, some of the local guys that wondered if the Oilers would trade down to get Lawson Krause. And you're just like, oh, man. This that is just. Great, that was a great Twitter conversation. There were so many just random ideas about who the Oilers were going to take at that three, four, five slot, which they were supposed to go, that it didn't make sense to even look at Connor. None of it made sense. So I remember I was at my house. I just had Sportsnet on in the background just so I could kind of know what happened. But I wasn't really watching it. I wasn't actively watching it. I was just fucking around doing whatever, you know what I mean? And then when it said at number three, or now the Edmonton Oilers and the Bill Daly flips the golden ticket, I just remember staring at the TV and just being like, what? And having to rewind my PVR probably 10 times. Because I just, I, it didn't make sense to me that the Oilers had pulled out some kind of deal with Satan that allowed them to get the four numbers they needed to get Connor McDavid. I watched it again, 20 times. My phone erupted. My favorite call that I got that night was from Wanye. He calls me in a panic, just peak <laughs> Wanye screaming. Oh my God. Oh my God. I just left a meeting at Earl's. I Earl. had to go. We just got Connor McDavid. I got to go. And it was like, I didn't say a word. I knew exactly <laughs> how he felt. I knew exactly what was going on. And it still doesn't make sense. It still doesn't make sense. We are five years on. He is now the captain of the Edmonton Oilers. He signed a hundred million dollar extension to stay in the franchise. He has built a brand new house in this city somewhere. It's, I assume it's a palace that only Connor deserves. And uh, what a fucking ride. <laughs> what a ride. So my last question on this topic for you guys before we move on is I just want to go around the horn. Obviously, there was high expectations for Connor McDavid coming into that, that draft year. What did you expect from him when you knew he was going to be an oiler? And where did he blow your mind in terms of how good he actually was? Because for a lot of us, I think, I know me personally, I knew everything there was to know about Connor David. I had read everything, but I hadn't watched him either. So I hadn't seen what he could do at lightning pace. I hadn't seen what the hands are like. I hadn't seen that he is, in fact, a human game genie playing a game that nobody else seems to understand but him. Tyler, what have you learned watching Connor McDavid for five years now? The thing that I love about watching Connor McDavid is the passion. Like, you know, when you get superstars, especially in the NHL, they're usually, with the exception of, like, Ovi, pretty mild-mannered and all that. But, like, I love the, how much this guy, you can just tell he loves playing hockey. Like, when he scores big goals and he does the arm swoop on one knee past another team's <laughs> bench, like, to me, that's been the one thing I've, I, I really love about watching him play is that there's just a lot of passion. And at times, I know off the ace when he does interviews, he seems like a robot with his answers, and he's always just very straightforward and won't go away from playing it right down the middle of the fairway. But I love watching him play and, and just... Like I said, the the one word is passion. Like you could tell he loves playing hockey. And to me, I think he loves being an Edmonton Oiler. You see him as well, like in the way him and Leon will celebrate goals and all that. Like that, that I, I honestly think that's my favorite part. 
Frank's fired up by your act, right? <laughs> Rick, what is, five years in, what have you learned that you maybe didn't expect from Connor McDavid? Uh, for as good as I thought he was coming in, I think he's he's even out he's outdone himself. You know, we didn't get to see a lot of it. You know, playing in in the OHL, we didn't see a lot of that. We probably didn't get to really see until he got the Team Canada the year after. You know, the year he broke his hand. I think is the first time we would have got to see what he he could really do. So. I expected a top-level player just from everything you'd seen and heard and read, but he's he's blown that right off. Like the fact he's this far and beyond that much better than everybody else behind him is it still blows my mind what he can do with the puck, um, his speed out there, and you know, like Tyler said, his passion. You can see it in his eyes. You can see it in his in his body language that he just loves to play. He loves to win, and you'd love to have that type of player on on your team. Nation Dan, five yeah, years in. Yeah, I mean it's it's uh, it's everything you guys said. It's just for me, it's like in his rookie year, you saw glimpses of of what what Connor was going to be um, here and there and all over the place, and then they just started to become more and more frequent. But but the next year, it was like this unbridled amount of speed that he just he uncorked, and he was like, okay, I can you know I can still do what I did in junior hockey which is blow the absolute wheels off of the opponent. And now, I mean, anybody that's been lucky enough to see him in person and see him see him play the game of hockey on the ice in front of them, not just through a TV screen or not just through a computer screen, you just like, you, you're just, you marvel at the speed that he plays the game at. And it's, it's with the puck, it's without the puck, it's, it's just everything. So yeah, I, I feel like Rick hit it on the head when he said that it's just kind of, it continues to happen all the time. You're you're always getting better. Of, yeah, you're reminded of how special he is and how special this is. This is as a as a time to be an Oilers fan. For me, I think because by that point we had we had had Sidney Crosby in the league for you know quite a while uh, by the time Connor was drafted. So for me, again, I didn't see him play in junior all that much outside of the World Juniors. So. To me, I was expecting a guy kind of like Crosby that like works things down low, um, can dart in and out of traffic, maybe something like that. Great vision, ability to finish, which Connor does have. But what I did not expect was the amount of times over the last five years where you could see a look of sheer panic on NHL defenseman's <laughs> face as he is coming down and they've got absolutely no answer for him. I think about the goal earlier from this season against Morgan Riley, who in himself is a very, very strong defenseman. Like he's a good NHL defenseman. This is by no means a schlub that we're talking about. And Connor just completely dummied him and made him look like a pylon. He's done it to Ekman Larson. He's done it to Dowdy. He's done it. You name it. He's done it to them. And it just, it never ceases to amaze me how quickly he processes things at speeds that nobody else even has a chance to hit. I mean, okay, sure. You talk about a guy like Athanasiu, who's now a teammate, lightning fast, uh, Dylan Larkin, again, lightning fast, but they don't have the ability to do everything he does. The changes, the turns, the finding people, the looking for open ice, all at, all at just incredible speeds. Connor McDavid is only 23 years old as of this recording, and he's only going to get better. And I cannot wait to see where he ends up because over the past five years, he has been incredible to watch, an absolute blessing. And 
I'm just unbelievably grateful that Satan granted us this gift <laughs> five years ago tomorrow. So I it's like been a that. hell of a ride. I like that, uh, like how electric. I think everyone thought and kind of assumed he was going to be this dominant force in the NHL, but he's. I I didn't expect him to be this electric. And like when you sit in Rogers' place, and you know maybe now the fan base is getting a little bit more used to it, but I remember specifically in sixteen seventeen when the building's kind of quiet during a game, but then there's like a little murmur, like a little buzz when Connor starts skating real fast and you can tell like, <laughs> everyone's eyes wind a little bit, everyone inches a little bit up and sits up a little bit more straight. But that's been the other thing that maybe surprised me that I wasn't expecting. I didn't think he'd be this electrifying of a player. Well, and to further your point, Tyler, there's absolutely a different energy when he gets going at Rogers place. But another thing I didn't expect is how many rinks around the NHL also have that, oh, those kind of moments yeah. in the crowd when he does something ridiculous. I remember uh, a couple of times when he's been in Montreal and, and Habs fans have gone crazy. Even that goal he scored in Toronto, the crowd <laughs> had multiple layers and then he does the finger wag. I know some people say it wasn't a finger wag. I still oh, believe it was. Finger wag. A finger wag to the crowd. And it's just like, he is everything and then some that we thought he would be. And again, Tyler made a great point where there's nothing that I love more than seeing Connor McDavid score a huge goal and park himself in front of the other team's bench. That is just such a big dick flex that <laughs> nobody nobody can execute quite like he can, and it's been a lot of fun to watch. Thank you, Connor McDavid, for being here. You are a treat. I can't wait to watch you. I will never get tired of watching you on the ice. Bless him. Bless him forever. Moving ahead. Uh, I've mentioned Andreas Athanasiu. Uh, I was on Reddit playing around, looking around. There's a subreddit right now on, on the Oilers subreddit, I should say, about Athanasiu. There's a thread there talking about what should they do with him. He signed a deal in Detroit for $3 bucks. He had just come off a 30-goal season. Holland signed him there to a $3 million deal. He's a restricted free agent at the end of the season, whenever that may be. Did not have a good year in 2019-2020. Obviously, we don't know what's going to happen with the cap. We don't know what's going to happen with the roster. We don't know any of this shit. But overall, what would you guys do with a player like Athanasiu that really won? We didn't really get a chance to see what he could do. He only played a handful of games as an Oiler, got a little bit banged up early on, was never at 100%, got moved down in the lineup. Um, what do you guys see for Athanasiu? What would you expect? What would you do? Tyler, any ideas? Uh, yeah. He's an RFA, so obviously there's the team control element of this all. Um, making $3 million. I, I feel like it might be a deal that just keeps him at exactly what he was. Like I know he had a really good year last season, um, but as you said, his stint, his brief time here in Edmonton has been up and down, which is weird to say considering how brief it was. <laughs> um, but you see the potential, but he never really fit in. So if you're Ken Holland, are you or if you're Athanasiu, are you really in a spot where you can go to Ken Holland and say, I want to raise. Give me $4 million. And I don't think it's going to be a long-term deal, but I wouldn't be surprised at all. Um, I he's 25, so he's, uh, I think, two years away from being a UFA. Do you want to give him a two-year deal that brings him right up to being a UFA if it means getting him for $3 million? Because I don't think you're committing to him long-term, so that might be what it is. Dan? Yeah, it's, it's uh, I don't know. 
he's one of those guys that obviously he's got some history with Holland there. So there, it's not like like we don't necessarily know what we have in SNSU, but I think Holland knows what he has in him. And so I could honestly see them trying to go longer term with him. I don't know what that number would be, but I just think that this is a player that, that Ken Holland is linked to and, and has the history with. And I don't think that, I, I don't think that a fantasy forgets that. I would love to see him just get a, you know, get the two year deal and, and, uh, and be happy at 3 million. But, I just think that there's a that there's enough history there between the GM and the player that that he probably I mean there's a reason he made the deal right he's he's not going after this player unless he unless he believes that he's going to keep him around so for the price that he paid him for Rick what do you think about the asset achieved Well being an R yeah he's you're going to take him you know you'll get him for one or two years at 3 whatever 3.3 3, right because that that has to be his raise for his qualifying offer Something like that, like a, yeah. Yeah, 10% raise. So yeah, 10%. Yeah, that's all he's going to get. Um, I don't, it's still another, it's still a bit of a, a bit of a show me time for him. Uh, yeah, he can either make it or break it for his UFA time, but he'll get no more, yeah, two years at whatever his uh, qualifying offer is. I did, I kind of, I was kind of thinking about along the lines of what Dan said, where, again, we in Edmonton have only seen Athens U for a handful of games, really, but Holland had him since he broke into the league. So I wonder if there's any back and forth there about going longer term than maybe a short bridge deal, maybe a one-year show-me deal. He's he's an interesting player. Obviously, he's got a lot of wheels. He didn't have a good year at all this season relative to his last one. So it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out in terms of a new contract. My next question on Athens to you for you guys is, what do you make of some Oilers fans right now that are already so down on him that it, they believe it's just time to cut bait and move on? They're idiots. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You just don't listen to those ones. That's, that's, that's dumb. That's just dumb talk. I mean, it's I, what are we, I, nine games in. That's ridiculous. I think you wouldn't take it. it. You wouldn't take it for most players. Like, I don't know why, you'd, why they'd say it for now. It's, it's stupid. I think you get it just because it's, it is, it's all we have is the nine games, right? For most guys. I mean, it just is what it is. It's not. I'm not. <laughs> I won't go out and say that they're idiots. I just think that they're they're using a small sample size. It's a bad. Size. It's a bad take. I just think that they're using a small sample size. Exactly, so, which makes it a bad take. It's, it's yeah, sure. But I I just I don't think that I don't. I, yeah, I don't know. It's it's tough to it's tough to judge any player on a nine game period. Let alone you, a guy. You either you don't make a positive game. comment about him. Or you just say it's not not enough. Like just sit there and say you got to get rid of them already and cut bait. That's just silly. well. That's I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what they think that is going to happen. There. Like you're going to trade them for two third round picks. Like I don't understand what the what the the valuation is there. I mean, I I can understand being upset with Holland going and making the deal if you're not if you're not happy with him. But you have team control of a player now. Like, like imagine a, imagine if those guys had control in 06. They would have got rid of fucking Mike Pekka early. Really, they would have put down in the minors because he didn't, didn't really hit the uh, takeoff right away. Like that's 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 silly to, talk. To me, like you, you've seen some good. You've also seen some bad. You haven't seen enough good to go. All right, Andreas, we're going five years by four and a half million. Like even though Holland has a history with him, in my opinion, like if you're gonna give a guy that much money on a team that already has McDavid, Drysaddle, Nugent Hopkins, and now Yamamoto in its top six you better be pretty damn sure he's going to work alongside one of those skilled players, right? And you just don't know that yet. So there hasn't been nearly enough bad for me to be like, oh, they got to get rid of him or he better be taking a big pay cut. But there's definitely not been enough good and you're not sure enough about his fit to go, 
all right, let's sign him long-term and keep him here forever. And he can't take a pay cut, can he? Because if, if you don't give him his qualifying, he becomes UFA, no? Yeah, he could take his qualifying offer. Yeah, but if he doesn't, yeah, yeah. If, he, if you don't offer a qualifying offer, and his qualifying offer has to be a 10% raise, so if you don't offer that to him, become, he becomes a UFA. So yeah, yeah. give him a, a, a decrease in pay would mean putting him on the market. They could do a. De- the only way a decrease works is if it'd be like, okay, you made a three contract, million, yeah. a new contract that's like, all right, now you make two eight for four years or some shit like that. Or give me three. three, three, three give, me, give me my raise for one year and let me try again at making a a long term contract. Well, and for this guy as well, there's also the the fact that he came from a complete shit show in Detroit, just an awful team. Like I was looking at the standings. Uh, the other day, just because all these ideas are going around about playoff formats and what could happen and what might happen and blah, 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 blah. The only team that's mathematically eliminated from the playoffs is the Detroit Red Wings. And they have been for a long time. So I also (laughs) think that people need to give Athanasio a little bit of time coming in from that complete gong show into a team that's actually pushing for the playoffs, right? Well, even to come into a team that is brand new, right? Like it, that's just, that's just kind of standard operating procedures. Like there's none of those, none of those trades where you're just like, holy shit, that team just absolutely took the other team for a ride. It's there's nobody that's nobody that's blown the doors off in nine to 11 games so far with a new team. It's just not going to happen. Speaking of going for a ride, our friends at skip the dishes want to take your favorite snacks for a ride to your house. Nice. Cause you're, thank you. Uh, skip the dishes.ca offering, thousands of options all over the city i mean no arby's in my hood that's a personal beef that i've got okay i, I, will, I will give this credit they get a little bit of credit because you can order ahead now and do the pickup thing so you can use the you can use the app to order ahead and go pick it up yourself they're not on the delivery side skip so the dishes. Them a, um, we're getting their baby steps skip the dishes desperately wants to help arby's out and they want to deliver those delicious roast beef sandwiches because the people that skip the dishes are fine folks. They want to make sure that we're all fed. I myself bought a nice, wonderful. I, the, there's this there's this Chinese food place in my hood that I just love. It's so great. It's a little hole in the wall. Had a big feast over to my place the other day. Skip the dishes, dropped it off. I tipped my driver, Tyler. I want you to know that. Thank you. I tipped my skip the dishes driver. He was very you went very nice. Too. Went contactless. I went to the door. He waved at me from over the fence. Very, very nice. Said hello. One thing I'm liking right now is strangers are waving at you. Just a little bit of a uh, little bit of contact. Just like my friend, the Skip the Dishes driver. He's an excellent man. I appreciated his service. I appreciated the care he took with my food. SkipTheDishes.ca. Go get yourself something to eat because you need to make sure that you're feeding the temple during these days, Tyler. You need to make sure that you're taking care of yourself. I had noodles for uh, for lunch, so yeah, I know what you're saying, man. I'm taking care of my body. As you should, my friend. As you should. It is a finely sculpted piece of marble. If you haven't seen Tyler, he's a god. Uh, moving on, there's a topic that was going around Twitter a lot over the last little while, and I wanted to bring it to the podcast. Um, which Oilers trade in your life impacted you the most on a personal level? If you were looking through, and it could be, it could be a minor deal, it could be a major deal, it could be anything you're thinking of, but Oilers trade specifically that impacted you as a fan on a personal level. I'll get started. Mine is very, very easy. I used to take days off work to sit at home and watch the trade deadline. 
That was my thing. Every year I did it. I always wanted to know who was going on. I wanted to see if we were getting Mike York again. I wanted to see all that <laughs> shit. But the one that I think about specifically was when Ryan Smith was traded to the New York Islanders. That year, Sportsnet had fucking Eklund sitting in as their insider in the back <laughs> in a dark shadow. And right before the final bell went on deadline day, he announced that the Oilers and Ryan Smith had come to terms on a new five-year contract. I was elated. I was cheering. I was walking around my dad's place, big smile on my face, wander back to the TV literally 10 minutes later, only to find out that Ryan Smith had been traded to the Islanders. And I was shattered. From that day, I was upset. The next day, watching Smitty at the airport, I was devastated. Watching none of those three guys that came in work out, <laughs> even more insulting. No offense to them. I'm sure they're fine young men. But it did not help me get over the loss of Ryan Smith. Rick, which trade impacted you the most on a personal level? You know, it's, it's funny. I, I completely know where you're coming from with yours. And, and you'd think it'd be something like that. But uh, my my uh, current job has given me an interesting view into, into this world. And I've had the opportunity to meet some players. So the one that I got to say is Brandon Davidson. I've uh, become pretty good friends with the guy in the last couple of years. And uh, I just remember the uh, the day they, they, they pulled that trade off. Like we, I, uh, I think I was talking to him earlier in the day and it looked like he was going to get through. And, you know, just being one of those borderline guys, they're always probably kind of worried about it. And so I sat there. I didn't really expect anything to happen. And uh, that came across the wire. And that was, yeah, that was, uh, that was a big bummer. That, uh, I wasn't a big fan of that one at all. Which one hurt the most, the first or the second one? Uh, definitely the first one. Uh, second one, you, you know, you've, you've seen it before. It kind of sucks. Uh, as well, he uh, he missed playoff time with us. You know, we had day RNA there, and he scored a big goal. And and you know, you, you're you're very happy for something like that. But uh, just what it would have been like to to celebrate with him, to talk to him every day, and see what if, how he feels after these games. And and uh, yeah, no, that would have been fun. If you kind of want to hear what Rick's talking about at length, we did a interview with Brandon Davidson on the Real Life Podcast. He ta- kind of talks about his come up to being traded away, and it's a fascinating story. So go find that one on the Real Life Podcast. Dan, the trade that affected you the most on a personal level. June 30th, 2001. Was everybody there? Everybody remember what that what, where they were that day? I would have been in grade nine. Yeah. I was. I had just. We were. We were traveling <laughs> across. My family and I were traveling across the country. Um, we had. Uh, we had just packed up all of our shit, and we were moving out to Halifax. And so, of course, this is back in the day when you didn't have cell phones, you didn't have access to anything. And so, going across the country, I would just be like tuning in, getting my dad to tune into radio, like sports radio stations across the country, to just kind of see if anything had happened. And. Sure enough, we're going through fucking Manitoba and hit Winnipeg, and we get the little news blurb that Doug Wade has been traded. But they wouldn't say who he was traded for because it's Winnipeg, right? Like, they're just saying Doug Wade now is St. Louis Blue. And I'm fucking devastated. Doug Wade was like was like little Dan's, like, favorite oiler. Like, it was just – he was that guy. He was the heart and soul kind of guy. I loved him. and And so it took probably two days after that for me to actually find out what the Oilers got. And then, of course, it turns out to be Jochen Hesch, Jan Horacek, and 
Marty Reisner. Marty Reisner, good little player in his own right, but certainly not Doug Wade. But yeah, that one. That Jokin one Hesch was okay. What's that? Jokin Hesch was okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, fair enough. Had a better <laughs> shooter than Sabres. But, but yeah, uh, definitely not a Doug Wade. No, exactly. So it, it was. I think it was just the fact that like you you have your heart broken. You're you're driving across the country and you can't get the freaking info to even find out what you got in return for him. Was he the fir- was he one of the first big ones to go because of contracts back then? Because I know exactly I, the time you're talking about. We he probably kind of knew he was going to get traded because he knew we couldn't afford him. Uh, the same thing would happen with Cujo. Um, I don't know if that's why Billy Guerin went. I don't really remember that. The Bill Guerin one was definitely money. But yeah, yeah we, we kind of sure. knew we had these guys and they were you know blue chip prospects and we got to take them while they were underdogs and they got turned into big contract players and we knew that we weren't going to be able to afford them so eventually he was got to go those are well, that, devastating yeah, that was, times that was the year we traded away uh that season we traded bill Guerin. uh we traded away roman hammerlick um yeah so you guys are just making too much money yeah we were gonna we were to, not gonna be able to afford them we were starting to offload guys it looks like yeah for sure got rid of rem murray and tom pody to turn into mike york all those kinds of trades. And tying in, uh, before I get to Tyler, tying in this segment to the last one, Doug Waite was also the last Oiler before Connor McDavid to hit 100 points. So he was a very skilled guy that they did not have in uh, excess supply during the old late 90s, early 2000s. Tyler, if you're looking at a trade that impacted you the most on a personal level, who you, what are you looking at? Well, with my answer, like the thing you got to remember is my formative years as an Oilers fan were more or less they were the decade of darkness so I never (laughs) like they sucked every year from when I was interesting though Tyler is that you stuck through it as because you were a young guy yeah through the decade of darkness but you stuck through it on the other side so for that I applaud you yeah Uh, you didn't have any like good taste in your mouth first like I gotta get back to that original guy good stuff no you really came in at a bad time and just kind of like being a hockey fan kind of sucks. Yeah, so like I remember going to game six of the cup final with my dad, but I was whatever, eight years old at that time. <laughs> and I, you know, like when you're eight and like you love it and you love the Oilers, but you don't really fully comprehend that like, whoa, oh, yeah. the Stanley Cup final. Whoa, like this doesn't happen at all. You're just like super happy to be along for the ride, right? And to get your pop at the game. So like my, as I said, my formative years were the decade of darkness where I loved Magnus PRV as a player. But when they traded him, I was at the point where I was like, meh, had to happen. I loved Cogliano as a player, but when they traded him, I was just kind of like, whatever. Like, I never had. I loved Alish Hemsky, for example. But again, by the time they traded him, it was at the point where it was just like, fuck, I almost didn't care. I was like, wow, they traded Hemsky, whatever. Um, The business side. So I'll say the most, I'll go a little bit different from the question here. I'll say the most recent one that really kind of yanked at my heartstrings was this deadline when they get dealt Gagne. Just because I love, like, that was one player. I loved Sam Gagne his first time here. I wear fucking number 89 in my beer league because, (laughs) like, I loved watching Sam Gagne when he came in, that sixth overall pick, you know, that first kind of high pick. I was attached to him, but when they traded him away the first time, I was just kind of like, well, Gagne kind of started to suck, so whatever. And uh, when he came back, I was excited because it felt like a piece of my childhood was back. I was excited to watch him (laughs) dress in playoff games and be a part of a playoff run. So when they trade him for Athens to see you, the, you know, analyst part of my brain was like, this makes sense. You had to ship out the money. Totally understand it. But then there's the fans out of me that's still like, damn, I almost wish we would have just kept Gagne. 
it's like we talked about that a lot on deadline day at HQ. We're just happy to get Athens to see you, but gutted to lose Sam. Yeah. And it's he just, loves Edmonton, man. He loves yeah, he's Edmonton. Back he's, here. he's back here right now. He's back here right now and tweeting about local businesses that are still going and to support. The guy is an oiler. One I, year, Edmonton one meal can get it done. That's what I'm saying. One year, one meal. He is a great 13th forward. He'll come in, provide a little bit of offense. You know he's going to give you a thousand percent every time he's out there. Uh, good community guy. Good guy to have in front of the media, like Tyler, for you guys. Yeah. I remember those days when it was Cogliano, Nelson, and Gagne. And poor Sam used to have to go out and talk to the media after some fucking shit kicking. <laughs> and he never shied away from it. He just always took it. He was always a professional and he always did his thing. There's also the story, the great story about Sam Gagne training with like a, and I'm going to, I'm going to screw this up. So I'm paraphrasing like a 13 or 14 or whatever it was year old Connor McDavid and him calling people and being like, you guys need to come see this kid because he is unbelievable. And then to have them turn out as teammates, you know, years oh. later is just what a what a ride. I'll Love never Sam forget Gagne. the run of shootout goals, man. Dude, the guy was unstoppable. So I, in my early twenties, I was lucky enough to travel a lot, and I went to Australia for a year. And when I came back, it was kind of like at the end of another tough season. But one of my first memories I ever got of Sam Gagne was a complete undressing. <laughs> on a shootout goal over Nikolai Habibulin. And from that, it was it was the Gordon Bombay triple deke plus, you know, with a with a number on top of it. It was like unbelievable. The hands he had, the way he moved, love Sam Gagne. Couldn't have thought of a better choice. Good good pick, Tyler. Thank you. Even just a recent <laughs> one. Uh that brings us to our weekly segment. Everybody loves brought to you by our friends at Oodle Noodle. It is our hot and cold performers of the week and of course there's not a whole lot going on right now in the world of sports though i did get a a late night text from young cameron lewis coom sent me a message that there are some lower level english soccer leagues that are going to be resuming to empty stadiums here right away uh in the in the coming months so good thing I was missing my late low level soccer. Well, no, my, po- my point here it, is that yeah. it's it's like it's maybe this is the kind of thing that gets the snowball moving a little bit. Yeah, a hundred percent. I I'm just being facetious, but yeah, yeah I think play. I I know a couple of players. I've heard that uh, to sort of kind of be be ready for June, like not be ready to like drop the puck, but keep yourself in shape, and then you know it could be June, July, probably not in uh, not in regular arenas though, and definitely no fans. Any, uh, this is just before we get to hot and cold performers. I just thought of this now. If you were to bet on a player to have gained 15 or 20 pounds since the end of the season, who'd you got? It's got to be Kessel or something like that, right? I was going to go a bigger body and I hate to do it, but I feel like uh, if he's not careful, he probably does balloon up pretty quick. But Patty Maroon, like he's, yeah, that, he's, yeah. he's the type of dude who knows how to put it on and take it off again. But as soon as you like take the, the take the skates off, you know, you've been given a bit of a break in front of you. Yeah, you're probably gonna put your feet up for a little bit, and uh, he's a big body, so he's gonna gain he, that weight real fast. He strikes me as a guy, and this might be completely incorrect because I don't know Patty Maroon as a person at all. I uh, he isn't the type of guy to go for a nice red wine with dinner. He's the type of guy to crush eight <laughs> Bud Lights, right? That's kind of his personality vibe. 
Yeah, yeah. I love it. I, I hope he is crushing Bud Lights right now because that means it just makes me, it ties me to Pat Maroon even more. Uh, <laughs> Dan, you have a guess? Uh, I don't know. I would say probably, probably got to be Dustin Bufflin. Like the guys had the entire season yeah. off already. He's back. No, he's free he's, to go wherever. Yeah, he's free. I don't. I don't know what that what that's going to mean though in the long run. Yeah, well, but, I don't even understand how that works anyway. But I think it's I more. Have, I think it's more of a helps Winnipeg and uh, their salary issues than it does. hundred percent. Buffalo going it wanted to go anywhere else. Thousand percent. Uh, hot and cold performers of the week brought to you by Oodle Noodle. Right now, if you go to any of these thirteen locations around the city and get a takeout order or a curbside pickup, they are donating 10% of those orders to local charities around the city. You'll probably have seen videos of Jay running around, um, dropping off donations. It's a very, very great thing that they're doing at Oodle Noodle, um, supporting local businesses during this time of need. Uh, They're doing what they can to help, and we fully congratulate them and applaud them on the efforts. Go follow them on Twitter at Oodle underscore Noodle and on Instagram at Oodle Noodlegram. Um, Or order on Skip the Dishes. They're also on Skip the Dishes if you're not leaving. They have delivery as well. But if you are out and about, they are making donations to charity for takeout orders. Gentlemen, as we always do, Oodle Noodle, cold performers of the week come up first because we are starting with our veggies. Tyler, in your life or in sport or whatever you're doing, what is the cold performer from your last seven days? Oh, man. Fuck, I was really hoping you wouldn't go to me first because I honestly, like, <laughs> I'm trying to wrap my head around something like, that, that really pissed me off over the last week. Um, I'll go with this one. I had someone who tweeted me and told me I'm way off base with this. But uh, I went on this little rant yesterday on... Uh... Actually, no. I got a different one. Here you go. Here's my cold performer of the week. <laughs> I, I, I looked down at my notes and it was sitting right there. People who keep doing these fucking social media giveaways <laughs> for like, oh, win a portion of my lottery tickets. Oh, retweet this and three lucky people are getting $25,000. <laughs> like, fuck off, man. One, you're not getting money. You're just falling into this guy's scheme to get more engagements and Twitter followers. And like, do you really think that some rando dude on Instagram is just going to send random people like $50,000? No, it's not happening. People need to stop falling for these bullshit Instagram giveaways. It's nonsense. It drives me fucking nuts. And I know it shouldn't, but I'm grumpy. And this kind of stuff just just hits a spot, man. So people who fall for these Instagram giveaways, they are just fucking ass right now. (laughs) I love when you get mad, buddy. I really, really do. Do you see how I flipped, though? Like, I I couldn't think of anything that I read the word Instagram giveaway on my note, and I lost it. (laughs) It is true, though, and they're popping up everywhere. They're just everywhere right now. Nation Dan, your Oodle Noodle Cold Performer of the Week. Well, this is a video that uh, both of mine are going to have video content to them. Uh, I'm sure everybody's seen it by now. Uh, The guy who shares my name, his name is Dan Dix, and he made a video about how he's going to end the lockdown in Vancouver and yeah, him and, and literally tens of people with him. He had uh, nine other people there. <laughs> and then he, he's like, look at all these people. <laughs> walking around Vancouver with the sweet, sweet avatar glasses, aviator glasses, sorry. Um, and uh, yeah, just, just all these people that are, that are stretching out this, this isolation for everybody else, they're my cold performer of the week. 
Rick, your cold performer brought to you by Oodle Noodle. Uh, you know what? As I sit here and I, I look to my right outside my window, I got to uh, give it to the weather. It is uh, April 17th. It was snowing yesterday. It's still relatively cold out there. There's still snow. I know it's getting better right now, but uh, this is getting to be too much here. We need uh, we need a little positivity up in this up in this land, and it's time for the weather to turn around here. Burr, burr. Literally, burr. Yeah. Very uh, nice. <laughs> I'm also my full performer of the week. Also, is along the same lines as Dan. I have been in my house outside of just walking my dog and going for groceries for a fucking month now. And I am tired of these assholes that don't think there's something going on in the world or just don't care or either of the two. The longer you guys are pretending that nothing is going on, the longer I have to sit in my house and I can't go sit on the patio at the pint and drink beers with Rick, which is what I want to do. And I'm not allowed to do it. And is really driving me crazy at this point because all of you guys are selfish dicks. My cold performer of the week is all you selfish dicks. I also drink a beer at Roger's place and I get crazy. <laughs> I, man, I would love to drink a beer at Roger's place and get crazy. Flipping things over, we are going to the dessert side of the performers of the week. Oodle Noodle, hot performer of the week. I am starting with the Nation Dan. Well, again, I said uh, my hot and cold out both have video elements to them. Uh, Rick, I think you were the one that pointed this one out on Twitter first, um, but it was uh, a, a pilot there yesterday who had to land his small plane on a highway in Quebec. <laughs> it was crazy, and and he did it. He avoided he avoided one of those over the over the road signs. puts it puts it just nice and buttered on the bread, uh, right down on the highway, right in front of two cars that then continue to tailgate him. And they, try to get past. They him. look like they were pretty close to him, didn't they? Instead of instead of you know letting the plane have a few seconds to be able to collect itself, but uh, but anyways, yeah, the pilot of that small plane, my hot performer of the week. Put some respect on my name. We should put some respect on his name because that's one thing that a new trend that I love is people with all these dashboard cams that just we would have heard about a plane landing on a highway, but we would never have seen a video of it in HD. Basically it was, it was wild. It was really wild. Tyler, your hot performer of the week. This, this is going to sound a little odd to put as my hot performer. Um, but we saw the statement from the Colby cave family, uh, just saying how much they appreciated everyone reaching out and all the tributes and stuff like that. So I'm just going to say the hockey community and the way that they very respectfully, um, but a lot of heartfelt tributes. And I mean, you talk about the kilometers and kilometers of cars outside of Battleford. Um, I think the hockey community did a good job of respectfully paying their respects to the cave family while also, you know, giving that distance and, and being respectful. I, I, I just thought it was all as well done as you can get in that sort of situation. It was, uh, it was heartwarming. So my, uh, hot performer is, uh, the tributes that rolled in for Colby cave. Rick, your hot performer of the week, brought to you by Oodle Noodle. Tough to follow that one up, and this is going to seem a little bit uh, on the selfish side, but uh, I'm going to give it out to The Pint for opening up again this week. So Wednesdays, Saturdays, we got uh, wings. I know it's been a while since I've had some, so it's nice to get them back in me and give you a little bit of, a little sense of normality back in uh, back in the world right now. So, uh, yeah, I'm just going to give a little shout-out to my own little business there and uh, 
It's nice to get to uh, be back in there and see some people again. Cash money. Can't wait to be back there, buddy. I am also having wing uh, withdrawals, so I cannot wait for that. I'm going to go pick some up. Did you say Saturday? When, uh, Wednesdays and Saturdays. Saturday, I will be there. Uh, my hot performer of the week, brought to you by Oodle Noodle, is Tyler and I were texting about it last night. We were texting about it today. New album by the Baby dropped. I love the art that's coming out of this kind of quarantine time. All these artists are locked in and releasing good stuff. New album by the Baby came out last night, and it is fantastic. Track one to the very end, worth a listen. It's quick too. He's got quick tunes, quick songs, all great. All fire, all smashers. Hot performer of the week, the baby. Go out hooking. <laughs> I mean, he's not allowed. You stay inside, the <laughs> baby, and you make art. Stay in hooking. Stay in and hook. Uh, so, from all of us at Oilers Nation Radio, I want to go ahead and thank Sherwood Ford the Giant, beautiful Sherwood Park, Alberta. I want to thank SkipTheDishes.ca. I want to thank uh, Oodle Noodle for making all of this possible. And just before I let you guys go, Dan, I hope you didn't think I forgot. Joe Buck was yeah. offered $1 million to announce a porn. <laughs> he respectfully turned it down. So we are going to close out and head off into the weekend by offering our recommendation for a sports announcer that should be announcing porn. Dan, this was your topic. <laughs> I'm starting with you. Who would you like to see? really describing the videos well you know it's i when i when it comes to porn i i watch porn <laughs> for the articles and uh and so where i'm going with this is to the dodgers uh fame i'm gonna get vin scully in there he's gonna have eight sheets long on each of these performers and we're gonna know their entire backstory where they came from what other videos they're in you know you're gonna know everything you need to know by the end of a, a six minute video and you're good to go for the rest of the year. So Vin Scully is my porn pronouncer of proof, porn announcer of the week. <laughs> Tyler, I'm going to you because uh, the look on your face says you love that I ended off the podcast with this. <laughs> so I'm going to go to you for your recommendation on an announcer. Uh, I'm going to keep it local. I'm going to say Jack Michaels because I love his passion and intensity, and I look for passion and intensity. Um, but the only caveat, he needs to have his color man with him. I want Bob and Jack <laughs> in the room, bringing the noise, announcing the porn. <laughs> Rick, your pick for a porn announcer. Uh, I'm going over the wrestling, buddy. Good old JR Jim Ross. Called <laughs> some of the best matches out there you've ever seen. Uh, let's toss him in a room with a table in front of him. Give him, you know, Jerry the King right beside him. Let's, let, let's go. I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm gonna go with a legend. The, a job this size requires a man with a resume so extensive that you know you are going to get a professional. I'm going to go with Bob Cole because at the very end of the video, the whoa, baby, would just be magical. And I don't think there's a better man for the job. So I'm going to go with Bob Cole. And that is how we are going to wrap and head off into the weekend. Episode 82 of Oilers Nation Radio is over. Thank you to all the sponsors. Thank you, dude, boys, for being here. Please subscribe, comment. Let us know how we're doing and reach out on the socials at ON Radio Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Gentlemen, enjoy your weekend or whatever it is you're calling. Best wishes. Shout out to Amy. Thanks for listening to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media to stay up to date and never miss a podcast. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.